This planet is filled with bad choices. Pornography, strip joints, casinos. If you were filled up all day long with activities, if you were addicted to productivity, if you were junkied out on potential, you wouldn't have time for all the other garbage. I, would, I, wouldn't, be, I wouldn't spend money on stuff I don't need. When is that money spent? When do we waste most of our money on this planet? During the holidays, when we have free time. When do you spend your money? When do you go in debt? On the holidays, free time. So if I can just stay busy, if I can use time and create time, how do I create time? I have 24 hours and I'm like, I'm gonna jam as much in those 24 hours as I can and then I'll let you worry about me burning out because that's what I'll hear next. What about burnout? When you, you're gonna burn out? Look, I'm 60 years old. The more I do, the more I can do and the younger I get. The more I do, the younger I feel. The more I do, the younger my body feels. I'm not gonna burn out. I'm not a candle. I'm not wax. The, the, the counselor back in, 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 uh, in uh, the, the, the treatment center said to me, dude, aren't you worried about, because he, he's seen my success now, and he's like, aren't you worried about burning out? I'm like, dude, you're the burnout, bro. You're the burnout. You're the one that said I was going to come back. You're the one that said I would never make it. You're the one that said uh, uh, don't write books. I've written seven of them, man, okay? You're the one that said don't be a star. I am. I have my own TV studio right? You're the one that said, Grant, don't get rich. Just be satisfied that you don't use drugs again. No, no, I got rich, okay? I did the rich. I did the books. I did the TV. I'm going to be on a billboard. I'm going to be on a bus, bro. Look, look, what are you doing? I'm not worried about burnout. I am not a candle. Candles burn out. Spiritual beings don't. Redesigned. Wise words there from Grant Cardone. Welcome back to another episode of Redesign Podcast. This week, it's coming. Instagram is testing the removal of the like count in six more countries. John McAfee might have just 12 more months left before he has to eat his own willy on national TV. Finally, the London Underground will be fully connected to 4G in tunnels and platforms. Plus, this week I'm joined by a special guest, Paul Otote. We had a little chinwag about social media, male vloggers, struggles with the black entrepreneur and more. All of that coming up after the intro. Are you sure you can blame it on social media? Flexing is good for business. Spending money makes you money. Bitcoin down more than 30% this week. Redesigned. You've got to put in the effort every single day. Running a business isn't for everyone. They need role models and not just movie stars and athletes. We are the digital influencers. They're creating content. There's no denying the power of digital media, but it also poses a real challenge. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Redesign Podcast. This is episode 36. It's Andrew here, aka Mr. Kate Box. Thank you for joining us. And uh, yeah, it's summer, officially. What are you guys doing for the summer? Let me know what you've got planned. Don't forget to use the hashtag RedesignPod, all one word. You can also send an email to redesignpod at mail.com. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. Available on all platforms where you can pick up podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Acar, Stitcher, Breaker, all of them. Make sure you are subscribed. All right, let's get cracking with this week's podcast. So Instagram is hiding likes in six more countries in an effort to remove the pressure of posting social media content, posting pictures that get the most likes, you know, being accepted, looking for that validation. In order to counteract that, Instagram is doubling down on its experiment to hide certain social media metrics, particularly likes and view counts for videos. So according to a recent report by the Royal Society for Public Health, Instagram is the most detrimental social media app for young people's mental health. In an announcement on Twitter just this past week, Instagram said they're now running a test that hides the total number of likes and video views for some people in the following countries, Australia, Brazil, Canada, Ireland, Italy, Japan, and New Zealand. And the biggest impact 
IG has on people's mindset is the actual content, not the number of likes. Sad thing is no one actually forces us to be on these platforms, but here we are. So, needless to say that Instagram is potentially about to change forever, depending on the public's response to these test rollouts, that is. And already people seem to have a strong response one way or the other. One person said, I've had this on my account for about a month now and I love it. You don't even notice you're not seeing the likes after a while. I feel like it's definitely helped with focusing on content over popularity. While another didn't have as positive of an opinion saying, literally no one asked for this. Get rid of it and put our post back into chronological order. Yeah, I mean, I hear you. But no matter how you feel, people all made the same joke. Influencers when they realize they have to get a real job. Ouch. In fact, some influencers have already spoken up about the change and a lot of them are more positive than you would think. I welcome the change, said Tim Dormer in a statement to Pop Sugar. I've always felt uneasy with how obsessed our culture has become with numbers on social media. I think it creates a false message to people that your value is based on the quantity of attention you can get. Now, psychology professor at Northwestern University, Renee Englin, said... The exposure to this constant stream of perfected images is what seems to hurt us psychologically. What your name is, I tell you quick, face to face, punk, you can eat a dick. So, how long has John McAfee got before he eats his own willy on TV? Because Bitcoin, you know, hasn't hit 500k. Now, back in 2017, I don't know if you know who John McAfee is now. He's the guy that created the very well-known antivirus software, McAfee. Um, yeah, he's still about and he's been, in the last couple of years, peddling certain info on crypto. He's been pushing certain ICOs and telling everyone that crypto is going to be a big thing. Probably will, but um, he made a very wild claim. So, uh, not too long ago, he said, uh, in response to someone who tweeted him asking well is btc which is bitcoin that's the code for bitcoin is btc going to be five hundred thousand dollars within three years and he, he tweeted back if not i will eat my on national television and he tweeted that on july 17th 2017 so tiktok two years have passed looks like he's got just 12 more months as it stands bitcoin is around 8300 um it had a good run just uh, a couple of weeks ago reaching about 10,000 10 11,000 pounds but yeah i wonder what's going to happen what we going to do right here is go back way back back into time now more people can do more business from home with the world's number one selling home computer with Intel Pentium processor. Packard Bell, wouldn't you rather be at home? Mini disc, recording and editing, complete control. And what you've just been listening to is the ultimate in recorded sound. It will make all conventional disc and cassette systems obsolete. It's dustproof, scratchproof, digitally recorded, read by a laser, and it's called the compact disc. The biggest revolution in the recording industry since the invention of the long-playing gramophone record. But this is no ordinary disc. Just 12 centimetres in diameter. The music is recorded onto it digitally and there's no needle being dragged through a groove. That information is being read by a laser light. That make you go, hmm. Did you know that Apple II, which was Apple's second personal computer, only had a hard drive of just five megabytes when it was launched in June 1977? So for context, that's like one MP3 or half a second of HD video. So according to The Verge, 4G is coming to the London Underground next year, starting with a trial on the Jubilee line. So the London Underground will get a 4G signal, which you can access on both platforms and inside the carriages and tunnels. 
Uh, the rollout would be in between the eastern half of the Jubilee line between Westminster and Cannon Town stations. And that will be starting from March next year. And the plan is to have the entire network connected by 2025. Now, the London Mayor Sadiq Khan has also said that the network could be upgraded to 5G in the future. Mm, I don't know about that one, you know. Tell us how safe it is first. I want to know that it's all safe, mate. 5G, hold your horses. Um, but anyway, 4G is going to be uh, available on the trains, which is kind of good, I suppose. But yeah, what are your thoughts? Let me know. Use the hashtag RedesignPod. Do we really need all of this? Do we really need all of this? Or would it be better if we could just have air-conditioned trains on the whole network and also trains that actually run on time, maybe? You know? That's it for this week in terms of news. Now let's get cracking with this week's conversation I had with Paul Ototte. Let's jump into that right now. Man, like, hey, listen, man, it's a pleasure to be in the presence of such a great individual. Oh, allow it, you know, allow it, allow it. <laughs> What's that guy that that designs for Apple? Do you remember his name? Uh, Johnny Ive. Yeah, <laughs> the modern day Johnny Ive. <laughs> Come on, the henchiest vegan I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> henchiest vegan on the planet. Oh, you know, a lot of vegans here. Yeah, I've noticed something. A lot of vegans. They look malnutrition, bruv. <laughs> Would you agree? Do you know what? I'm not that clued up, you know. So, yeah, I might eat a certain way, but I'm not too clued up with following this person or that person to yeah. even know, do you know? But it wouldn't surprise me. It's mad because um, I was thinking the other day that a lot of, like, diets, trends, like, veganism is very trendy at the moment. Mm. And I feel like social media has had a lot to do with that. Like if we didn't have social media, do you think that we would have so many vegans and so many like vegan businesses open up like um, establishments, coffee shops, um, restaurants, um, events? What are your thoughts on that? It's supply and demand, isn't it? So do you know what's crazy? Deep down, a lot of us have a particular need, right? Whether it's to belong or to feel loved. And that innate need to belong. You know, like if you go back, I don't know, 2000 years, a lot of us lived in tribes. So yes, we had like our yes. own, we had like a tribe that we was like, that's our family or, you know, and that can even be brought to modern day gang culture. It's like being part of something. So people like to have mutual understanding. So I guess what makes me you connect is our love for design or our love for culture, for example. So with the whole veganism, plant-based, there's like a very deep community in regards to that. Even similarly with like some religions, there's a community in regards to that where that brings people to want to be part of it. So at one point I started thinking that it's a bit weird to have your eating habits in your bio. <laughs> do you get what I mean? <laughs> I know that sounds crazy because I used to do it. but Enough I thought, people do that. Man. I sat up and I thought- Well, they used to. I've noticed that it's like, you don't see it as much. No, even as you said it, I've just clocked like it's, it's you crazy. don't really see it. No but more, but maybe it's people thinking about it. It's just, it's not just that. It's if you think about the things he, people put in their bio, it's like it's basically saying I'm one of you. You can be. We can click together in a sense. So obviously, with the whole need to belong, a lot of people drain things for the need to belong. And obviously, there's some people that truly believe in you know the reasons behind joining these things, like. Even in religion, to some example, some example, you can see people that are in that for the whole need to belong, the brotherhood, in a sense, or the sisterhood. So yeah, definitely, definitely. Social media has amplified that because in social media, there's groups like I've heard of Black Twitter. There's probably a, a, a Christian Twitter, you know, something yeah. like that. How do, how do you feel about Black Twitter? I'm not clued up, you know. <laughs> <I'm not laughs> clued up. Do you know, sometimes I'm scrolling, I see things, I go... I mean, I'd never tweet that, but yeah. listen, man, more power to you, my God, you know what I mean? Oh, man. I see a lot of things, man. I see a lot of things, but I couldn't, I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't do that. What is your favorite social media platform at the moment? What do you, what's the most useful to you? 
in terms of your, you know, your daily, your day-to-day business and how you get information, how you connect with people. What would you, what would you say is your favorite social platform right now? Probably like Instagram, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Instagram and, and YouTube. Yes. You know, people don't see YouTube as a social media platform, but it really is. You it know, is one of the first connect, as well. Yeah. It's the biggest, what did they say? The second biggest search engine, right? It is, yeah. That is crazy. But in terms of like knowledge, so when I first started video editing and learning about certain graphical elements, it was YouTube. Mm-hmm. I used to have my laptop here watching tutorials and my, my bigger computer to the right hand side using what I'm learning. Like, there's crazy information on there. So those two things I use regularly. Because I don't watch TV, there's a lot of entertainment you can find on YouTube as well. 100%. Have you heard of a guy called Elliot House? Yeah, yeah. What do you think of Elliot House? I feel like he's the original, you know, like the original health guru in a sense, speaking all the stuff that to some extent I speak about now, whether it's yeah. like sexual transmutation or whether it's like fitness. And in hindsight, I actually rate the fact that Donnie just used to speak to the camera, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Breathe to your balls. Breathe <laughs> to your balls. Yeah. Yeah, that's legend. Elliot, Elliot House is a legend. Yeah, yeah. Like, I discovered him about, um, I'd say, five, six years ago. Yeah. And, um, but he, he took a break though, didn't he? He took a long break. Yeah. See, YouTube, YouTube's weird. Until you're on YouTube, it's hard to really understand it in terms of the actual work and stuff that goes into it. A lot of people, this is something that I had to think about myself because I saw a lot of people make serious progress on YouTube. I'm talking 100K subscribers, mm. then ghost. They realize, you know what, this is not for me. You know, the opportunity afforded to them is like, right, cool. The pros and cons of this doesn't weigh in my particular favor. So I had to ask myself, why is that? So why did he ghost? Was something more important than being in the limelight like that, whether it's family or just living peaceful peaceful because being online giving your opinions online you open yourself to the opinions of a lot of other opinions yeah energetically as well it's um it's a lot people are feeding into your energy and you're receiving other people's energy through comments yeah the interactions and stuff like that as well so people can be cruel man (laughs) yeah but the thing is with youtube like i just tend not to um but this is with just prior knowledge and kind of like learning from other people's mistakes and understanding mm. that it's not personal. Mm. There's a million, there's what, 7 billion people on the planet. Mm. Someone is bound to think that your content is trash. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whether, it could be the best content in the world. But Somebody somewhere, even the best, like the most revered person that you can think of. Yeah. Even Jesus had his haters. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so if who are you haters, to be <laughs> rattled by? Yeah, yeah. We designed. So you've got um, a presence on YouTube as well. Yeah. Would you class yourself as a vlogger or do you do more like informational stuff? Oh, wait, wait. Pause, 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 pause. Yeah. I, it's always habit when we do these recordings to just let the conversation flow before doing the formal introductions. But let's, let's get that out of the way. Like, yeah. So for people that are listening right now, just quickly introduce yourself and uh, let people know what it is that you, you do. I, I'm Paul Tote. I, I'm a health enthusiast in a sense. I run a platform called Dunga Book. On Dunga Book, I share information in terms of allowing people to, to, to upgrade their life. So that is health, wealth, happiness, the three platforms that are very important to me. And uh, I do this through through books, I do this through events, I do this through educational content, whether it's on YouTube or Instagram or any other any of my other platforms. And I also facilitate companies in order to reach people and help them level up. So I do that through my company called StarTech, which is a digital agency. We work with like health related companies. So if you're in beauty, if you're in food or you're in tech and you want to have that health element to it or you want to target people in the health market I enable people to do that through creative design nice one so we've got the formalities out of the way yeah. to give people context um, but back to the whole vlogging thing mm. would you class yourself as a vlogger or just someone who's just you, you've kind of got your own lane you just make whatever content you you feel I wouldn't class myself as a vlogger per se 
yeah, I definitely just make the kind of content I feel. I feel sometimes when you give yourself titles, you really restrict yourself and 100%. the creativity that you can bring. So I avoid titles. I literally just enjoy the creative process, whatever that is. Yeah. Bringing Very something important. in my head to reality so that how I how it comes out is how I saw it. Yeah. That's so key for me. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think of um, the current space in terms of like YouTube, vloggers? Do you think women have an easier ride in terms of, you know, building a platform on things like YouTube and Instagram, building like a personal brand, building that following or becoming an influencer? Do you think it's easier for women? Because I find that when I have conversations with people about vlogging in particular, Mm. like it's very easy to bring up like female vloggers that are well known, but there's no like black British male Vloggers that you could say, you know, off the top of the head, here's a top five yeah. black British male vloggers. Like we yeah. don't, we don't really see that. What there's, are your, what are your thoughts few, on that? There's a few. I know there are a few. But but when I have conversations with people, people it's like, know nah, nah, who? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They have a very like targeted market in, regard, in that regard. Mm. Being online is a visual, is it's all visual. So... Looks play a very important role. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Woo! If you aren't good looking, yeah. you better be funny. <laughs> you better be like Eddie Murphy on that camera. I'm just keeping it 1000. <sighs> so if people who have a better value or people who grow faster have one of three, one of three things, they're entertaining, so they're hilarious. Yeah. They're good looking or they provide a lot of educational value. Yeah. And it probably in that order is how beneficial it is to you to have certain more attributes. Like yeah. the more good looking you are, if you happen to also be funny or you happen to also be educational in some regards, yeah, man, the world's your oyster. Yeah. Guy wise, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's pick. <laughs> but they're quite free, you know. There's a few like um there's a few big ones that people won't mention, but they've got like hella subscribers. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like um, like Ralph Smart, for example, he's got over a million. But no one really talks like, in the circle. Like no one really... The thing is, one thing that I've learned is if you really want to do well on YouTube, you got to focus on those who care about you. Mm. So if he targeted the people that will speak about him, he won't make progress because they won't connect with the message. They like more, yeah. they like more, you know, if he talked about Love Island, he might have connected with that particular audience, if you get what I mean. Yeah, yeah. But the people who he connects with are the people that will actually make him money. They would pay fifth, I don't know, 5K to go to his his holiday retreat. Yeah, or retreat or something, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So that's why he's not speaking up. He's not spoken about. You can have five core fans in the UK, but you can have a million in America, like 50% of my views come from, come from America. Oh, sweet. Yeah, I have people all over the world like who bought my book, Australia. Like, So it might not be really appreciated here like that. Yeah, it's, like, it might it's not funny. get spoken yeah, about, but yeah. the world is huge. It is. And the UK is. is a very small place, especially London. 100%. 7 billion people on the planet. Yeah. Process that, guys. 7 billion. I've been re- I was reading this thing called uh, A Thousand True Fans. I haven't finished it. Yeah. But the whole premise of it is if you really want to make progress online, right? All you need is a thousand true fans. If you're a musician, any category that you're in, you need to only focus on that 1,000 true fans because those are the 1,000 true fans that will travel for you, for example. Mm. They will come to your concert, even if it's in the Midlands or 1,000 true fans will make you a living. And if you focus on people beyond that, it's, it's, a, it's a tricky one. I haven't finished reading the article, but if you Google up a thousand true fans, it will put things in perspective. Mm. So even though Ralph Smart, for example, might have a million, a million subscribers, out of that million, it might be just maybe 2,000 or 3,000 that is core fans yeah. who actually actively buy his products. Because most people will just view your stuff, consume the information, and then script, yeah. you know? But actually <laughs> putting money in your pocket, checking for what you do, only you only need a thousand, you know. That's that's a wild concept when you think about it, and it makes a lot of sense as well. It makes a lot of sense. It's kind of like um, engagement. So yeah, like certain people have loads of followers, but 
what's the engagement? That's yeah. their core. Their core. core and their engagement. Followers. Engagement is more important than anything else because mm. it's, that's where you find value. That's where you can attain value. Yeah. And unfortunately, we all get blinded by the lights. Like we get blinded by the numbers. So we look at a guy with like 100K followers or subscribers and think, you know what, he's doing bits. And if he put an event tomorrow and said, I'm doing a meet and greet in Harsden, the real value is if anybody shows yeah. up. <laughs> you know what I mean? If anybody shows up. Yeah. Did you hear about that woman that had like, um, she had like a few million followers on Instagram mm. and she's, she couldn't even sell, I think it was 36, 36 products. Did you hear about that? No, nah, I didn't, you know. Bruv. That's crazy. That, that, that was... That was rattling. How do people find out she only sold 36? Um, she said it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a sad thing. It's peak, bruv. Like, <laughs> there's certain things that you think will open doors for you. Like, yeah. like we was talking earlier before before we started rolling. Um, like, imagine you think if you get on this platform, mm. your vlog or your podcast or your whatever is going to blow. And you go on there, you get to where you're going. Mm. And then the after effects is... Yeah, well done. Well done. <laughs> are you in on that? Yeah, well done. But then well. after that, yeah. the numbers are still the same. Yeah. What do you do then? It's 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 like a it's a crisis. It's like kind of like you know when they say to you, people always wish that they would be a millionaire or they would have X amount of money. But when you get there, that happiness that you think that you would have mm-hmm. isn't there. You're mm-hmm. always chasing. So we're always chasing more followers more success, more money, but that shouldn't be the end goal. Because when you actually get there, you realize that there's still a void there. Yeah. Yeah, And it's about being like happy with the process, being happy, enjoying what you do as opposed to chasing fame, chasing followers. But we live, unfortunately, we live in that era and some, and, it predicates like what we find what becomes popular as well. Yeah. So that's popular culture is determined by it. Yeah. It's numbers. It's not always quality, it's numbers, yeah. which is, is sad. How do you feel about them, about uh, Instagram potentially removing likes, the like count publicly? If I saw they tried in that somewhere, right? They, they tried they it in that, Canada. If they do that, it's, it's a dead, it's dead. You think it'd be dead? It's dead. Because that's what Instagram is based on, isn't it? The whole social media is based on the whole psychological elements of it. Mm. I read a book called, what was it called? Uh, can't remember the name. It's a good book. And it talks about, you know, that whole psychology of social media. How it's like a drug, how it affects the neurotransmitters in the brain, how you get like a dopamine hit. Dopamine, yeah. And how it's actually designed for that. It's designed for you to want to check it. So it's not like an active drug where you're going to be scratching, you know, like, those movies, right? You know, <laughs> it's not that. <laughs> Even though there's probably people who are doing that for likes, you know, <laughs> I give you a shout out. But, uh. but the whole premise of it is like that. So once you remove that social engagement or that dopamine hit, you know, yeah. it's, I think it's dead. They shouldn't do that. Interesting. I mean, it will be good for mental health of like the upcoming generation who have to deal with the true effects yes, yes, of yes. a lot of these things. But if they want to retain business, it's that little balance, right? You yeah. know, between social responsibility and, and being ethical and actually wanting to make some money in your company. 100%, man. But we, we can tell that you like books. I've we been trying to, like books, I've been man. trying to learn like, up my game. And you wrote one, you wrote a book recently, right? Yeah, I'm on my fourth, I'm on my fifth book actually. Yeah? Yeah. So to tell us a bit about the, the book and kind of like what inspired you to, to put this book out. So my most recent, which is like my proudest, it's like my proudest moment. You Your know? baby. Yeah. It's something that I work. It's like a year of work, mm. a whole year of like research and things. It's a short book, but uh, let me backtrack. So back in 2012, when I started changing my lifestyle and changing my diet, I actually discovered that the power of herbs, right? How, how religion to some extent, stifened some growth in terms of that industry of herbs in certain cultures because it was linked to like witchcraft and all of these things. Especially like, like the Mayans, they used it to, to speak to their forefathers, 
So that it was Stanford in the sun. Kind of like that Wakanda thing, isn't it? Yeah, you know, come on, mate. Vibranium <laughs> the pur- herbs. The purple herb. <laughs> you know? So I, I started learning more. I started getting more into herbs and like, a lot of people have changed their diet to eat like how I eat, how I eat and had problems. So I've I've never had problems. I've always like flourished. I've had any physique that I want. I've been big. I've been, you know, the strongest around mm. people. And then I actually realized that, hey, one of the key reasons for that is herbs. Because I actively take herbs. I have like over 40 herbs in my collection. Herbs that you probably have never heard of. So I made a few videos on herbs on YouTube and and got to be sort of like an expert in some regards. Like when people want to ask me about herbs, how do you, how they ask me. When they want to learn about herbs, they ask me. So I thought, you know what? Let me actually put it into a document. How it all started was, I wanted to quantify herbs myself. So I started a spreadsheet. I started listing out herbs. And then I'll write anti-inflammatory. Is it anti-inflammatory? Is it antiviral? Mm. So I had like a list of maybe 12 things of what each herb can be. So I started researching that for my own benefit. And then I put it on my Instagram like, look, I started working on a little guide. Would you be interested? And I think that was one of the most voted things that I've ever done. You know, people voted, yes, 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 yes. So I was like, all right, cool. That was it. And then once you start it, you don't want to put anything out that's mediocre. So you start learning more. You start reading yeah, more. Yeah, 100%. So it turned out to be even more of a storybook. And I didn't want it to just be just knowledge-based. I want people to like laugh a little. Oh, that's cheeky what you said. So the first half of the book is like incorporating my life into herbs. So I speak about history. I speak about like prehistoric civilizations, the history of herbs. I speak about all of these key terms. And yeah, that's the book. It's just, it's a dope book. It's called A Complete Herb Guide. Okay. For beginners, yeah. Wicked, man. <laughs> so your, your whole, um, so that's all part of the brand, mm-hmm. uh, Dungle Book. Yeah, yeah. Explain to people what that is like in case they've heard that name floating around, do you know what I mean, on social and that. Let people know what, what that is and how did you come up with that? Dungle Book, it's crazy because how it all started really was I used to be chubby. Right. Yeah. So when I started university, I was chubby. And then four months after, I lost all the weight. Like I had the six pack for the first time in my life. So a lot of people kept asking me, how did you, how did you lose the weight? So what I opted to do was do something that's not in my character at all. Because I'm naturally a very, very private person. You know, even me being on social media, I feel like I'm only on here for a purpose. Mm. So I started a YouTube channel. This is back in... 2010, I believe. Recorded on my phone. Very dead videos. I've hidden them all now. Sorry, guys. (laughs) (laughs) But that's where it started from. Yeah. And because when I I was younger, people used to, the older guys used to call money Dungu. Like, have you got my Dungu? I think it was a Northwest. I don't know. It's a Northwest thing, perhaps. And then when I got to university and I say these words, people think like, I'm crazy. Like, Dungu, what's Dungu? Yeah. So, after a while, they started kind of calling me that. And then when I used to say quotes, like I say quotes a lot, because I used to keep a long quote book. Yeah. They'll say, hey, that's rule number five out of the Dungu book. So, to kind of like throw it around, when I started my channel and I was thinking what to call it, I just called it the Dungu book. Yeah. And then I think I watched Facebook in like 2012, when he's like, drop the the. It's cooler. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I dropped the <laughs> basically. And I kind of put it down. I, I kind of put it now to like health as wealth, different chapters of health. And that's what the Dungle book is. But it's very in line with my life and the key things that I stand for. So even though it's a brand, it's me. Yeah. And what I give, you know, what I'm passionate about. Yeah. So what do you think about, what are your thoughts on being the face of your own brand? Because like, you're very much the face of your own brand when it comes to Dungle Book, but you've got also a design and branding business that you mentioned earlier as well. Mm. Um, just go through a few points of like <laughs> pros and cons. You know, Andrew's smiling right now. <laughs> He's smiling right now. I think you should go first, you know. You want me to go first? Yeah, give me a, give me a, give me a con. A con of what? Being the face of your brand? Yeah, especially as like a young, white, handsome chap. <laughs> <laughs> well. It's funny. Um, I think one of the cons is that 
there's so many negative preconceptions, whether you like it or not, mm-hmm. associated with uh, young black males. Mm. Um, so you kind of think, am I being prejudged before the quality of my work shines through? You know, like if someone with an equally good portfolio, but they're just, you know, they're white, they're shown my portfolio and their portfolio and they know who's who, which one are they going to pick? And if they pick the other person, is it genuinely because their work was better than mine or is it because of, do you know what I mean? My my appearance. <laughs> That's one of the insecurities that I've I would you say had to deal with. Or um, is the truth? Um, or is it? We don't live in an ideal world, so yeah. there has to be some truth to it. Otherwise, that, that insecurity probably wouldn't exist. So who do you reckon he affects the the white demographic or the white or the black demographic in terms of choosing you, or does it affect both in terms of how they definitely I say both. Mm-hmm. I say both because there's a whether we like it or not, there's like not with everybody, mm-hmm. but it exists. You know, there's a a familiarity. Mm-hmm. You know, when you charge a certain price, you know. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, they might look at you and be like, "Who do you think you are? Is this who is this guy, bruv? Like, I could get this for free, you know." (laughs) (laughs) But not all the time, because you know what? Some of my some of my best clients, it doesn't even matter. Like, some of my best, I've got, I've had clients from around the world, like, um, even like in Nigeria as well. Like, Mm. I've had clients where people might think, oh, you know doing business with people abroad, you'd have problems. Not not, Total, not, yeah. not me. Yeah. Um, I've had a client in Nigeria that um, they had a cake business. The back, I'm not going to lie to you, the back of my mind, I thought, right, I'm going to put this proposal out. Mm. I'm going to ask for the deposit and they're going to ghost. Yeah. Nope, the money was in the account the following, the following hour. I was like, That's Rah. crazy. So you got to experience these things to know that it's... Um, they're stereotypes. That's all they are. But they yeah. come from somewhere. Yeah. But, you know, you've got to give everyone a chance, innit? Do you feel like you're asked more of because of who you are? So by that, I mean, people hold you. So I'll give you an example. You know, at one point in my life, I was doing service accommodation. Right. And in service accommodation, you deal a lot with people. And if you haven't got your system set up, they, you have to do your check-ins and stuff yourself. Yeah, yeah. So as like a, as a Afro-British, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. As, as, a, as an Afro-British male or black male, you know, I don't think Afro-British is a real word. What you might find is if a complaint is being made, it's more likely to be made if it's you. So I can have a property, a, a, a white person, like I have a lot of friends in, in the game, could have a same property. And it's more likely that someone's going to make a bigger complaint if you are black. Mm. Do, have you ever? Do, would you agree with that? Um, I can see. I can see where it comes from. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's interesting. It's yeah. like things are blown out of proportion, or it's just what some of my experiences have been interested. And obviously, the best way to combat that is to be always as professional as you can mm. and be more and do more and over and over deliver. Yeah, under promise and over deliver. Yeah, yeah. I think it's. As you spoke about earlier, the truth of the matter is these things exist whether we like it or not. Yeah. They exist whether we like it or not. And the game is the game is how I see it. Mm. So the game is, okay, you are a black male. You run a company that's a professional business. You run a real professional business. Okay, you as a black male, people might see that first before they see the business or they might see the business then see you and think, hmm. Like one of the questions I get a lot is that, oh, are you are you behind that? No. Yeah, Star oh, Tech. Yeah. To give people context, we're talking about Star Tech, Star the, Tech, um, yeah, design yeah. business. So, yeah. and when I say yeah, they go <laughs> for the context of the podcast. The face I just made just now was a uh, like the shaggy. <laughs> Did you get what? So they go, are you behind that? Oh, your work is dope, and I'm like, yeah. I do ponder though. Well that same reaction be there if I was different. But I don't complain. I think it's, I think it's still dope because at the end of the day, we are smashing what people might 
believe or think that yeah. we're capable of. 100%, yeah. And it's literally just the beginning. Nothing that we've done so far is even like, it's light work. Give it like two years, you're going to be looking at us and saying, what these guys done from where they've come from is historic. And white or black, these guys need to be really... Someone should clap. Can we get a round mm. of applause in the studio? No. Maybe not. We'll add that. <laughs> Post-production, we'll put that in. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. What, what, what do you think about that? No, I agree, you know. I agree. Like, um, especially like watching the youngers come up, mm. they have way more role models than we did. Yeah. You know, exactly. especially here in the UK, we've got they've got a lot more role models, people they can point to as examples in every facet, whether it's sports, whether it's business, Facts. whether it's, you know, um, you know, law practice education, mm. everything. They've got examples. Even just seeing, you know, the US having a black president mm. in, in the history books for them. If they've seen that, they're grown up and they've seen that as an actual possibility. Mm. It's nothing to do with us here in the UK. Mm. But the fact that they're seeing that on the world stage, they're going to have a different um, psyche growing up than what Facts. we did. Yeah. So even like when I was a kid, little things like watching wrestling, in the 80s, I'm showing my age. My listeners know, they know I'm an old man anyway. You can't be older than 24, man. Nah. <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment. I appreciate it. I appreciate yes. it. But even things like watching wrestling and stuff, mm. I only seeing like one or two black wrestlers out of like maybe 30 or 40 wrestlers. Mm. And the, 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 the two black wrestlers are idiots. What? One, for example, Virgil, mm. who worked for the Million Dollar Man. He was basically his servant. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And then you've got another one, Coco B, where he was just, he's a dweeb. I don't even know how else to describe him, but a dweeb. You know, those sorts of things. And then when you look at it now, you've got like more proper characters. Um, you're seeing more of us like in high profile places, not just sports and entertainment, yeah, but, but entrepreneurship. Even you're behind, starting to see that now. I've seen, I've seen one group of people that I just look, I think these guys are so legendary. They um, they were on a management group. I think they're called 2K Management. Right. So they're behind like Che Huss and a few other people. Bruv, what, they've, what they're doing is so, it's dope, you know, because it's like taking, taking control of something other than what's visual. So yeah. even if me saying it now, people will think, oh, who's that? But they source opportunity in some regards. They're taking artists that are international. It's, mm. And being young guys maneuvering the game, oh man. Like they're they're highly, got, highly organized as well. Yeah, that's, that's dope. And, you know, a lot of, it's easy to chase the face of things. It's easy to want to put yourself in, in front of things, maybe because of the fame that comes with it, but actually not wanting to have the limelight, but actually make power moves behind the scene or being the guy that propels someone is so, I don't think that's dope. You know, the humility and that, the the brains and being, having your heart in the right place. It's just mm. it's dope. I think, and I think that's one of the, the major benefits of social media as well, whereas before, you had to kind of rely on certain publications, magazines, TV stations to actually show. I'm sure there was a lot of talent, you know, the talent that we didn't grow up seeing. I'm sure that was about, mm. but we, we, did, we didn't see it on the scale that we're able to see yeah, now. Facts. Obviously with, you know, social media and stuff like that. So yeah, man, I, I imagine the next five, 10 years, it's gonna be we're going to see some amazing stuff, man. I seen, I was on the phone with a friend this morning and he was like, oh, there's this guy. The, you know the guy that was on stage with with, with Dave? So he was singing the bars to Diego Silva oh, at Glastonbury. But anyway, no. this morning, when people found out his social media handle, yeah. on Twitter, he's on like 100K followers. Yeah. And then on Instagram, he's on like 80, probably 100 now. Yeah. So off social media in one day, his life has changed. <sighs> mad. That's powers, man. It's mad. <laughs> Just, uh, so, yeah, it's interesting. Whether you can leverage it though or not, that's another, all he needs. That's another story. One thing that I find interesting is how, like, have you heard of a girl called Bad Barbie? Yes, yes. Catch me outside. So, the, the brains behind that whole transition from like a meme to 
international star or the brains behind the guy who got hit by the bike to actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. To um, actually live. Why are you like, coming fast? Yeah. Yeah. There's people who he has to connect with and then he's set for life if he plays the game, how yes. the game is meant to be played. But there's people who are masters in, in that transition in uh, fame into, into money. Yeah. Like one of- uh, Kylie one of, Jenner. Perfect example. Generals, man. Billy. Billy gang. Mad. (laughs) Cool. I think that's what we have to do, man. Let's create some viral content. uh, So basically, at the station, it's run me over. And then we'll use the leverage to to market the company. The the insurance bill is going to be a bit peak, bruv. Yeah, whiplash as well. Because if it it goes left... (laughs) You know what's, what's... What's a bit damaging about that potentially is the fact that people see these things yeah. and they start to manufacture content in the sense where 100%. they're putting themselves yeah. in life threatening yeah. things like <laughs> just to oh man it's, it's, it's good if it pays off but bruv um, it's very peak it's like there was a guy I was trying to get on the podcast um, Harry Nightscape if you heard the Nightscape mm-hmm. I'm going to show you the video Basically, you know, like one Canada Square, mm-hmm. Canary Wolf Tower. Mm-hmm. He climbed on top of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the top of the pyramid. He put his hand on top of the pyramid. One Canada Square. For, for what purpose? Bruv, YouTube. Uh-uh, okay. But he's got, when I say millions of views. How did it translate? And he translated it into money quite well because he's got a brand called um, Nightscape. He sells merch. Um, he's got a book off the back of that as well. Because what he does is like he's into parkour. Okay. And okay. like like rooftoping and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So they take mad photography, like from mm-hmm. aerial views, like mm-hmm. stunning photography. Stunning looks, yeah. um, and that view, imagine how dangerous, imagine like that has changed the course of Canary Wolf security forever now because okay. of that one brother. At least you got to flip it. But I'm sure there'll be there'll be copycats out there. Yeah. Because that's sure. why, I mean, people saw that video and thought, oh, that's sick. I mean, Obviously, whoever was in charge of security that day, you know that the whole company probably got sacked. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but imagine like going into the, to the lift, to the <laughs> yeah. top of the tower yeah. at nighttime yeah. and bypassing all the security, all the, all the um, barriers and coming out on top of the pyramid. Do you know how yeah. mad that is? Yeah. Guys, you lot that are listening, yeah, I'm going to put a link to the video um, in the description so you can check it out yourself. And then I'm going to check it out as well. Um, yeah, it, it, it's crazy out here. People are literally doing the madness for likes, views. Sometimes it pays off, but, you know, some it's people like have literally died. Yeah, people, people, yeah. I remember that lady who was taking a video. She's some model outside of a car. She had her head out the window. And they were driving and then she hit a lamppost and then she passed away. It was sad, man. But you know, one of the first videos I saw of this was a guy who got to who got to 10,000 subscribers. This might have been back in 2012 or 2013. And then what he did, he jumped into the Thames to celebrate. <laughs> and then he almost died. I, I don't know why I find that funny. <laughs> if he, I don't know if anybody remembers that, but it was a big deal and what it ended up doing for him. I don't know what he's doing with his life now. Yeah, yeah. But he was in every paper. Guys, girls, the Thames, and he almost died. They had to save him. Like he was drowning. <laughs> he did that to celebrate. He did. I, th- I think maybe he put out on his page that you know, if I get to ten k, I'm gonna jump in the Thames. You know, like yeah, yeah. At one point, YouTube went a bit crazy. Do you remember like all those pranks in America? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he jumped in the Thames, and he was literally all over the papers. And I don't know if he leveraged that or not, because I can't remember exactly who his name is, but. Listen, guys, there's more smarter ways to leverage and to, to do things than putting your life at risk. Because especially, I think it's a young thing. Put it, imagine I, I can't imagine anyone in their 20s thinking, Ding, yeah. let me go and jump in the front ten, of, you know. Like I'm invincible. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Mad. But what you got planned for summer though, man? You got any events lined up? I'm working on my next event now. So... I have one event that I do each year called V Barbecue. It's a, a barbecue that is with a twist. <laughs> put it that way. A barbecue with a twist. It's people coming together, games, music and stuff. But I'm in the process of finding a good venue. And if I don't find a suitable venue, I'll just do it next year. 
Mm. But one thing I do quite regularly is my brunch. It's called Dungle's Brunch. And I do that every two, three months. Once, once every two or three months. So I'm working on that now. And I want to make it better than the last. The last was amazing. Like yeah. 120 people, beautiful venue, good food. And the vibe in the air was ridiculous. Like everybody was just having fun. Good people. It had a bottomless hour as well. But what I did, I extended my bottomless hour to two hours. Right, right. So even people, people just got vibesy, you know? And then I had in, in between, because I always feel like it's good to have a takeaway from an event. So I had like a, a live Q&A yeah. and it always focuses on three things, health, wealth, and, and happiness. So this one was about wealth. So I had some property experts. Okay, come, okay. And people asked questions, it was lit. So I'm, I'm working on the next one. And once I find a perfect venue, I'm going live with it. Dope. How about yourself? Events? Nah, not for me. Not, not this year. I was going to do one this year, but... Um, some personal stuff happened. I had to pull the plug. And now, because we're heading towards summer now, isn't it? Yeah. There's no point. And oh, then you can still do the live show in, now, what? In September? Mm, <laughs> I don't know, you know. And it's about finding a venue. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. The, um, right, the right venue. The right venue, help. yeah. The right venue. You have to find the right venue. Mm-hmm. But working on that, though, maybe next year. Maybe oh. next year. Because once, once it's September, October, all people care about is Christmas. And then, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, you've got the New Year's events popping off, Christmas events popping off. So, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully next year. Cool. Let's get it. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, man, we got to wrap up, man. It's been great having you on the pod. Yeah, it's been amazing being on it. Thank you very much. Definitely. Most definitely, man. So just let people know where they can find you, website, socials, usual stuff. So my company, my design agency, StartTech, S-T-A-R-T-T-E-C-K. Uh, that's the same .com that's on Twitter Facebook everything and YouTube as well and then my personal brand which is Dungobok D-U-N-G-U B-O-O-K that's on YouTube Dungobok.com Instagram so yeah hit me up definitely definitely yeah so guys if you enjoyed the podcast make sure you leave a review on Apple Podcasts it's a shame you can't really leave reviews anywhere else I think uh, Spotify, man, they need to they need to sort out some sort of review function and also comments. Imagine if they had comments like on YouTube, that, that would that would be fire. Rather than having people to having people remember hashtags and stuff like that. You know, what? everyone does that. You know, like SoundCloud is comment functionality. Yeah, but it's dead the way they executed it. Mm. If they could execute it like in a similar way to like the um, you have the podcast artwork. And then below it, you've got the comments. I feel like it's coming. That would be sick. I've already tweeted it out. Like, hopefully someone at Spotify will pick it up. Yeah, yeah. Sick. Yeah, man. And yeah, we're out of here. Don't forget, we'll be back next week with another episode of the Redesign Podcast. Don't forget, like, comment, subscribe. And uh, yeah, hope you enjoyed the podcast. Don't forget, if you want to get involved in the conversation, don't forget to use the hashtag on Twitter, RedesignPod. That is it for this week. I will be back for more fun and games next week. Take care and bye for now. Redesigned.